All right, well. Uh, so I don't have a great, it's not really an icebreaker, but I really, really wanted to share this uh, string of really funny tweets that were posted on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um, so I get, so I, do you follow shit you should care about? No. It's, so it's literally at, like the handle is shit you should care about. And they're and based in. Hmm? And it's shit I should care about. Yep. It's sure. It's okay. shit you should care about. Um, and they are based in New Zealand, but they have like a podcast, like they're really cool. They have a, they have a couple of podcasts, um, and I really like them and they post really funny shit, but it's also like really important stuff a lot of times, but this is just straight fucking hilarious. So I guess, have you heard that by October 18th, if the, uh, the U S government will run out of money? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was expecting the impending downfall of our society, so like this happens though like every few years where they'll just fucking rant like shut down because they're out of money <laughs> yeah i i from what i'm gathering though is that this time it's actually i mean it's always serious but this time like it's legit like we're fucked oh good oh so i'm so like what cool, does that mean cool. i don't know we're all gonna starve to death <laughs> okay great you know, well we'll get there there are some funny tweets about it that i wanted to share with you from shit you should care about okay um so (laughs) they so what it is is like it's people replying to this cnn tweet that says u.s government will run out of money by october 18th treasury secretary says and then it has a link and it's these people reacting to that and then this so this one guy (laughs) um says unless we can put on the best talent show this town has ever seen (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> That's at Mark Snedeker on Twitter. And then the next one is um from at written by Hannah. What y'all getting at? They're what y'all getting at their everything must go sale. I'ma get the declaration of independence. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um <laughs> this one's from at Chris. Melberger says the government about to start doing Hello Fresh and Squarespace brand deals. Yeah. Um. And then this one from at Leslie Mack. I blame the avocado toast. Either that or the military budget. Definitely one of the two. <laughs> it was obviously the avocado toast. Yeah. If and- the government would just learn to budget properly, you know. <laughs> Another one said we should give them fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> holy shit oh that shit oh this one said um the the u.s government should pull itself up by its bootstraps (laughs) so i thought you would like those i feel too on the spot to come up with one of my own oh wait this one's probably the best that you would like this one says you know what that means right and it shows the capitol building with a spirit halloween sign (laughs) oh my god <laughs> I, I want to come up with my own, do, but uh, right does just move in on a place when it closes, like it never fails. Oh yeah, I really want to come up with like my own, but I feel too on the spot. But uh, yeah, think about it. Think about it. I probably yeah, I probably I probably will kind of let that marinate a little bit. But I thought that was really funny. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know how to do this because it's not. But I was just thinking. Back in my day, I worked my way through school on a part-time job and like, you know what I mean? Like the shit we get about college all the time. Like there has to be something there. Back in Um, my day, the government. Yeah. Or like uh, the government should have had to walk up a hill both ways (laughs) to get their money (laughs) like I did. Yeah. The government should have been having a savings account like every responsible adult. Why didn't the government invest in stocks? <laughs> oh my fucking fuck. I just... <laughs> you know, the saddest part is I had an icebreaker for today because what happened? Oh, I'm sorry. I totally just. No, I don't have it anymore. Oh, because you what happened? It? Yeah, I woke up from a dream and was like, that'd be the best fucking icebreaker. And instead of writing it down like a normal person, I went back to fucking bed. And it was something that I remember, like, you know how you have those thoughts and you're like, that's amazing. And Uh then you forget them. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened. And I was like, motherfucker. 
Oh, well, yeah, that's a fucking pisser because we're always struggling to come up with I know. It was something really unique, too. I remember going like, wow, we should really. And, and no, I my dumb ass went back to bed. Well, that's OK. We'll get them next most time. Of my good ideas go <laughs> back to bed, back to bed. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. You uh, have any updates or do you just want to jump right into your story? Um, well, we probably should say that this is the Chardonnay and DNA podcast. Yeah, and- fuck that. I am Becky. Ha, were you off, didn't I? I just didn't want to introduce ourselves apparently this week. I totally actually forgot we didn't do that. Um, I'm Rachel and I'm a fucking airhead apparently. Well, that's okay. It is your last day on Earth. It is my last day on Earth. It's fine. Just kidding. So for context, I'm having surgery and freaking out about yeah. it. It is a very routine procedure and there's no reason to freak out about it. And um, I'm but- and, sh- and I'm being my rude ass self and giving her shit about it even though she's gonna be fine it is not it's, her last day on earth it's uh it, no i will be absolutely fine but i i did freak you out yesterday i was like well, when you get that text from me i love you no that did freak me the fuck me. out <laughs> that did freak me the fuck out i'm like um can you just not be dramatic for a second <laughs> no i have to be dramatic about everything i do understand um, though it's not like it's not like you know, we, it's not natural to be put under yeah. anesthesia, so that's scary, but you will, it will be okay, and, yeah. oh my god, what if, like, ironically, you just, like, fucking eat a bus tomorrow? Like, it has nothing to do with Holy your surgery. shit, <laughs> I know, right? I know. I'll feel like such a tool. I mean, whatever. I'll laugh about it. Yeah? <laughs> In heaven, or wherever the fuck we go when we die, or my non-existence, so... <laughs> I'll be laughing somewhere. Just You'll be that. Like, oh, okay. Um, well, um, I don't have any updates. I, I just I did a quick Purvis Payne update, and I just saw that there were some rallies being held around Tennessee, which is good. Um, cool. but really nothing apart from that. Not about his actual fucking case. <laughs> I have nothing. You got nothing. Okay. Nothing. Well. I have a story that I referenced this a while back, and there's actually been some updates on it and it, the dna relationship is not strong because they didn't fucking use it which they should but this is just a corrupt as fuck police system so yeah um so yeah that there's not a whole lot there's not a lot of dna except for the fact that there should have been and the police in this place suck yeah um so do you remember me mentioning the case of tamla horsford yes yeah so i was just like i'm gonna fucking do it okay i'm yeah all right it's heavy and weird and stupid in the stupid in that it's so fucking egregious the way the investigation was botched and mishandled so (laughs) that'll be great so my sources are a really good rolling stone article Um, An article from the Atlanta Black Star, a Wikipedia page, but not very much of it, just little snips, and um, a page called justicefortam.org, and an episode of The Murder Squad, which has uh, Billy Jensen and the hot-ass Paul Holes. I've never seen this man. Paul Holes could get it. Look up Paul Holes real quick. Pretty good in his holes. (laughs) What a horrible... Sorry, last names always make me giggle. But, I mean, it is funny, and he there's a lot of jokes to be. Yeah, do, are you seeing him? Yeah, you don't. He's like we are having this conversation at my bridal shower, which was beautiful and amazing. Um, but we are having the conversation about like older men that you would totally bone. I could totally get it. He he's not on my list. Really? No. Hold on. Maybe if I saw him talking. Like, you oh, know what well, I mean? Because people have that voice, energy. His voice is hot as hell. Okay. It's, like, it's super... It, it has to be a combination, then, that makes him attractive, because I'm not getting it right now. Okay, He's well... He's cuter with a beard. His voice is... It's very deep and, like... And very, his voice sounds intimidating, and I don't know. Okay. And he's, like, the he's only... He's handsome. Like, let me make that clear, but I just... I'm not, like... I'm not ripping my panties off for him right now like paul's can get it okay there is a pretty good there's this kind of recent instagram the other dude billy jensen's hot billy jensen's cute i feel the opposite like he's cute 
but Paul Holes can. At least in this picture, but it's like a black and white picture. And, you know, that has a tendency to make people look like mysterious and like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. like kind of like alluring. Ooh. Yeah, either way. All right, tell me this, kids, because I know little bits about it and I am fucking excited to hear your dive into it. <laughs> Bro, it's <laughs> fucking wild. Oh, okay. All right. So, so yes, I used an episode of Murder Squad. It was episode um, from season two, episode 18, and it was from uh, July 13th, 2020. All right. So on November 3rd, 2018 in Cumming, Georgia, we can all take a minute to recognize <clears throat> that that's a hilarious name of a town. Um, oh, definitely Lord. probably named by a man, but at any rate... November uh, 3rd, 2018, Cumming, Georgia, 40-year-old Tamla Horsford went to a birthday party for her friend, Jean Myers. Uh, Jean is a female. Um, Her her name is spelled J-E-A-N-N-E, but it's not Jean. It's, it's, I don't know, Jean. Okay. It's actually Jean and not Jeannie or Jean? No, it really is. uh, Multiple, like, I, I listened to it in, like, multiple places to make sure i had it right and it's and you know that you know you know that she corrects people like it's jean it's jean yeah yeah because i was like it's not jean or something or something yeah but it's because i know someone who spells it that way and her name is Jeannie. yeah no it's it's jean it's jean yeah yeah so jean had invited a group of friends um who were moms who had met through their kids football league for a sleepover where the ladies plan to drink, watch college football, and play games, kind of slumber party style. Um, Tamla brought a bottle of tequila and arrived at 8.30 p.m. in paw print-covered onesie pajamas to enjoy the girls' night in. So, like, that's kind of cute. Like, that's kind of fun. Um, Tamla was, by all accounts, an amazing wife and mom. Before going to the party, she prepared dinner and a breakfast casserole for her husband, Leander, who also goes by Lee. And their five sons, one as young as just four years old. So you can imagine, she was probably lit as fuck to go to this slumber party. Like, she was yeah. probably like, I don't get away from these stinky-ass boys. Like, um, but still, like, made dinner in a breakfast casserole. Like, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, her husband said, if there were three things you needed to know about Tamla, these were it. She loved her family, she loved life, and she loved you she's known as making everyone feel like really included and is one of those people that like never met a stranger which is so so cool to me because like i meet like i i want everyone to be a stranger <laughs> except for, <laughs> except for like 10 people yeah yeah um so i thought that was like really cute and she's just described as like really jovial um and just very like if you were alone at a party and didn't know who to talk to, she you could talk to her. Yeah. So Tamla had been born in the Caribbean islands of St. Vincent and the Grenadines and moved to the Bronx, New York in 1989 when she was 11 years old. She met Leander in Florida, and he had been previously married with a daughter from the first marriage. By 2018, the Horsfords lived in Georgia for about five and a half years before or after moving there for Leander's work. So the party on November 3rd, 2018 was originally planned to have only, or to only have nine women. However, John's boyfriend, Jose Barrera and the husband of one of the women, Tom Smith ended up staying at the home and watched the football game in the finished basement. Several of the attendees planned to stay the night, including Tamla. So the women hung out upstairs watching uh, the college football game and drinking. Tamla was a regular smoker and would step out on the balcony a few times throughout the night to smoke a cigarette. She also smoked marijuana that evening, but Jean asked her to stop because she's a fucking buzzkill. According to her own statement, she had teased Horsford during the conversation, calling her the female Bob Marley and reminding her that Jose worked as a pretrial officer and did not approve of smoking weed. Okay, instantly I was fucking pissed at this. Because, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, the comment is unnecessary. She literally could have just been like, hey, like, I, I get that you smoke, but can you not smoke here? Because, like, it's respectful to not go to someone's house 
and smoke weed if they don't want you to smoke weed. You know what I mean? So like if she could have handled it a lot better, but like not been a total fucking cunt about it like she was. She was a super huge asshole and um it's very important to the story to know that Tamla was the only black person at this party. Oh, um, so her comment was wow. She it was be- racist as fuck. It was yeah. racist as fuck. Yeah, that's what I did not like about it. Like, oh, because she's a black woman that smokes weed, you're comparing her to Bob Marley. The f- you're, fuck you. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. That's really fucked up. I just meant like, instead of her teasing her like that, she literally could just be like, hey, you know, it's I'm worried about you smoking weed. Yeah, just say In my yeah. house. Just you know, say like, that. And yeah, don't be awful. I I'm honestly. Because I called her the C word and she's going to end up listening to this. <laughs> but whatever. But. I honestly, I really even question, not that it doesn't even fucking matter, but I even question whether or not that conversation happened, if she really gave a fuck about. Yeah, that just doesn't, yeah. I think that was all to cover her own ass. Yeah. Just that little disclaimer, because obviously police are going to be involved in this, so. Right. Um, But yeah, I thought she was a huge douchebag for saying, for that Bob Marley comment, like that's, that's fucking racist, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So later, Jose and Tom came upstairs and the group played Cards Against Humanity. Photos and videos showed Tamla having a good time and looking happy throughout the night. Around 1130, the attendees who did not plan to stay the night began to leave. The others who were staying the night began going to bed kind of in the next couple of hours. Uh, Jean and Jose allegedly turned in around 1.30 a.m. And at that time, Tamla was still awake. Attendee Bridget Fuller was picked up by her husband at 1.47 a.m. In a statement to police, she said that Tamla was eating a bowl of gumbo and had and had said she planned to smoke a cigarette and head to bed. Over the next 10 minutes, the home security system registered the back door opening, closing, and then opening again at 1.57 a.m. The door appears not to have been closed after that, according to the alarm system. Okay, so at 1.57, okay. it was open but not closed. Okay, around 8.45 the next morning, Madeline Lombardi, Jean's aunt who lived on, like, the basement level of the house, went into the kitchen to make her morning cup of coffee. In her interview with police, Madeline Lombardi described what she saw through the window. The white dog-printed onesie. It was Tamla, face down in the grass, completely still. After saying a prayer, Lombardi headed upstairs to find Jean, telling her something appeared to be wrong with her, quote, friend from the islands, unquote. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After saying a prayer, instead of going out to make sure she was, yep, like, wow, okay. Yeah, so the- And the comments fucked up, too, but I'm just, you know- yeah, but the aunt didn't do shit. Like, you would, you saw someone laying there, wouldn't you fucking go out and see what, yeah. what was going on? Yeah. I, like, what? Or, and the first thing she should have done was, after perhaps checking on the human being that's face down in the grass, is fucking yeah. call 911. It's all real fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. So soon after that, Jose and Jean called Forsyth County 911. Jose said to the dispatcher, she's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. She's completely face down in the yard. She is stiff. Jean went on to say she was drinking and it looks like I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony. They were both super fucking calm, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. these calls. Because I remember us talking about that. And I, sorry if I like destroyed anything you were about to say there no. but like i remember us talking about because we we listened because in the one nine one one call i think yes and i re-listened to it i fucking hate nine one one calls uh yeah but i did i listened to it and yeah they're they're calm and like they're also pretty fucking standoffish that's actually the way paul holes described the call was like they they didn't attempt any life-saving maneuvers like listen i get not wanting to to disrupt a crime scene or something but you don't even you allegedly don't even fucking know it's a crime scene yeah 
So yeah, that's sketch as fuck. Why wouldn't you try to see if she's breathing? Like, see, he he was very cautious about when the dispatcher was like, "Is she breathing?" He's like, "Well, she's face down. I don't know." And but what the just the dispatcher's like, "Well, fucking see if she's breathing." Like, my your first instinct should be to try and give like try and resuscitate the person. It was super weird, and I've also seen in some sources that um, when. Well, I'll I'll touch on that a little bit in a minute, but um yeah, it was a very strange phone call and he also this was significant. Jose also said in that phone call that there were um cameras over, like on the balcony that would have caught the incident, okay? okay? He he like gave that up on the phone call. Okay. Um and it will later be revealed that the the cameras were conveniently out of batteries and not functional. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, uh, why did you even give that away on the call? Like, it, it just seemed very planted. Like, oh, we didn't do anything. Yeah. We have cameras to prove it. And it's like, oh, oh no, we don't. Eh. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's real dumb. So, um. All right, so here are some of the sh- absolute shit investigation. So Tamla was pronounced dead at the scene, and her body was sent to, like, the medical examiner for an autopsy. Some sources say that the cops who arrived canceled the EMS ser- service, which is really suspicious. Like, the like the cop, like, made the call that she was dead, which doesn't seem fucking protocol. No, and so the boyfriend or husband whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. he's connected in the legal system correct he's a pre-trial officer i don't understand like what that means but yes he he works like i think in the courthouse yes he so he knows people um which i'll get into a little more but the yeah so so I don't know how true this is. There's so much, in, there's a lot of information about this and it, a lot of it varies because all the fucking stories and accounts vary. Um, but yeah, what some sources say that like they, they canceled, the cop canceled the EMS service, which I always kind of thought that the EMS, like you still yeah. call them for kind of them they, to, to, to determine it. Or the coroner at that point, like... Yeah, and like, don't they take a body to a hospital, like to declare time of death, like by a medical professional? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think. I no? don't think. I think that they can just call the coroner in because, like, I'm truthfully thinking about like other, you know, murders and crime scenes, and like, I'm fairly certain they've like, if it's clear that the person is dead. Mm-hmm. They will just declare them like the coroner comes in. Okay. Know, let's look up our boy Cyril Wecht because that'll tell us. Uh, that Continue. Just I'm going to do that while you're doing that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That just didn't sit right with me that a cop would cancel EMS. Like, I just don't feel like that's his call, but that's, but I, maybe I'm wrong. Um, so even before the medical examiner's report came back, the Forsyth Ca- County Sheriff's Office began to work the theory that Horsford's death had been an accidental fall. The case remained open for almost four months until the FSCO, which is the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office, made their official determination on February 20th, 2019, two weeks after the state of Georgia medical examiner provided their final report. The FSCO pointed to the toxicology report, which tested positive for THC, Xanax, and clocked her blood alcohol content at 0.238, which is about three times the legal limit to drive. But she wasn't fucking driving, so... No, but I... I do want to say this about the Xanax and the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can literally cause your body to just shut down. You will not be able to breathe. You'll have shallow breathing. Like, you can, you're not supposed to mix those two. And people do it all the time, but it leads to people dying. So, like... Well, I have theories about that, so... Okay. I just wanted to point that out. Like, yeah, yeah, that's and that's true. Um, but I I'm not saying that that's what happened. But I'm just saying, like, it's something to note. You know. Mm-hmm. So okay. Um. Did you find out anything? Yeah, I'm actually looking through. Um. It's like a procedural 
procedural manual for uh, crime scene investigators, but essentially it seems like you can call the coroner to the scene. The coroner will then look and once they decide um, if the cause of death is like crime related or not crime related, like if it's not crime related, then the cops can be released. If it is crime related, then there's a whole procedure. So the coroner can be called to the scene if it is known that they are dead. Okay. So... Okay, so obviously with a blood alcohol level um, that high, it's that, you know, that's typically associated with like blackouts, loss of coordination, vomiting. Um, the FS or the FCSO just kind of determined that this contributed to the fall. Um, they also noted the uh, log on the door as well as an unlit cigarette and lighter that Jose said he found on the upper deck. Um, the investigators found that this evidence suggested that Tamla went out for a cigarette sometime around 1.57 a.m. and accidentally fell to her death. Um, and just for context, the uh, according to the Murder Squad episode, the um, the fall would have been about, all it was would have been like almost 18 feet. And the railing was like three and a half four feet tall okay so let's talk more about the autopsy so according to the autopsy from georgia bureau of investigations i'm gonna abbreviate that as gbi that comes up a lot um her body showed blunt force trauma to her head neck torso and extremities she had abrasions on the face, four types of hemorrhages in the skull and brain, dislocation of the right wrist, and cuts on her arms and legs. Additionally, she suffered a broken neck and laceration of the right ventricle of the heart. According to the report written by the lead investigator, Mike Christian, her body position was also examined at the scene. Okay, and, he's, and Christian said, most notable when Tamla was turned over was the fact she had come to rest face down her head had not been canted one side to one side or the other and tamla's legs were found extended behind her with both feet pointing to the right and her right arm close to her body her left arm was extended at the elbow at the elbow and there was lots of internal like they found lots of internal bleeding like um what do they call that it's like oh crap like hemorrhaging it, it, I, there's a word for it um but it's basically like pooling of blood even like after death and i forget the word for it so the way her body was positioned is not it doesn't really line up with her injuries essentially yeah and i also have issues with these cuts on her arms and legs like i that just seems the the murder squad podcast uh, reference just like it seemed like defensive wounds and a lot of those injuries and and you know conditions that she exhibited in the autopsy aren't consistent with a just kind of a clean cut fall okay so my other question is you said she had a laceration to her heart or the one of the vent ventricles of her heart yeah, and actually Paul Holes does a really good job of explaining why that is. It's something that like if you're if you're falling, basically this that could happen with a fall. He said like if you're falling, your heart is still moving until okay. it it's forced to stop and then that can cause a that can cause a tear. Okay. All he right. explained it really well. I never would have thought that, but um it <laughs> It does not add up. No, none of that really adds up. Like, I... Okay. So, the findings sparked more questions and answers for Tamla's family. They asked, how did a woman with that high of a blood alcohol level appear in control of herself, according to interviews and videos taken of that night, but then she fatally falls over a nearly four-foot railing into the yard? How could a house full of people, some asleep for less than a half hour, not hear her fall right outside their window? 
Could a 15 to 20 foot tall or foot fall cause not only death, but a dislocated wrist, broken neck, laceration to the heart muscle? Why wasn't the scene preserved? Why wasn't evidence tested or potential witnesses interviewed immediately, which I'll get into a little bit, um, a little bit more. What really happened when the back door opened just before 2 a.m.? And why was it left open until the next morning? Would the police investigation have gone differently if she wasn't the only black person at the party? And I'll get into that a little bit more, too. So, yeah, it, it's the fucking mishandling of the scene and the evidence for me. That That's what just makes it look really, really, really fucking um, suspicious. and. It does not add up. So they they didn't interview witnesses until three weeks later. Okay. What? Three weeks later. So all of their all of their fucking memories are going to be completely fucking skewed. And they had all this time to co- to corroborate. To co- yeah, together. Yeah. But like, even even if okay, so I'm just saying, even if we this wasn't something malicious, even though we know it was, it, you can't. You're really waiting that long and trusting someone's memory? Like, I can't fucking remember what I had for dinner yeah. last night. Three weeks later? Yep. And a lot of a lot of sources said that, like, they weren't properly separated. Um, no. When the crime scene, like, when the crime scene was even being looked at. Um, yeah, and then they waited three weeks, so anything could happen in that amount of time. Jesus. Are you ready for the kicker? Yeah. John Myers interrupted the interview with her aunt, Madeline Lombardo, to give the detectives Dunkin' Donut gift cards. Excuse me? What? Mm-hmm. No. There's no fucking way. Yeah, and you want to hear the biggest, the biggest cunt move of all time? And I have no fucking problem saying that. I, I'll post it in the photos for this episode. I was on Reddit looking at some of their wild ass theories that I'll kind of talk about. These fucking bitches took a picture, three of them. I don't know which ones and I don't care. They're all the same to me. And they all look the same. They're blonde, like leather face looking bitches. And yeah. they had, there was a picture of three of them wearing Dunkin' Donuts face masks Um. And it said, and the caption said, these are the best masks ever. And then it was hashtag, if you know, you know. Oh, you fucking bitches. Yeah. That's a cunty move. Oh, (laughs) beyond. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Beyond. Um, yeah. So talk about just blatant disrespect and obvious, uh, complete shittery yeah yeah and just lack of remorse like just fucking crazy so let's talk briefly about the history of this town and this county so uh coming georgia is located in forsyth county about 40 miles from atlanta it's the only incorporated town which is like crazy to me yeah so it's bumfuck nowhere so in 1912 there is There are these incidences of two cases of black men being blamed for the rape of a white woman. Um, As a result of these cases, white mobs just descended on local black homes and businesses. And the 1,098 black residents, about 10% of the population at that time, were forced to leave. For decades after that, the county was entirely white. And just as recent as 1990, there were only 14 black residents in the entire county. Oh. And then, uh, more even more recent, Sheriff Ron Freeman and the uh, current, at, at the time of publishing, I think there have been moves to try to get him out, but I don't know if they've even been successful. But this Ron Freeman, the FCSO deputy coroner, um, Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Sheriff Ron Freeman and then the deputy coroner Chris Shelton got into some shit back in 2014. So Shelton was forced to resign after a nearby police force or resigned from a nearby police force after distributing photo of, of himself posing with racist mammy dolls. Um. So just. Oh, my God. 
Yep. And then just two years after that, he appeared in Facebook photos of Ron Freeman, the um, the sheriff, in his um, in his 2016 campaign to become sheriff. So those two were affiliated. Um, then after Freeman won, Shelton was appointed deputy coroner for Forsyth County. Okay. Um, okay. So it sounds like he, Shelton had been, he had been a police officer and then was forced to resign because of that racist ass bullshit. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then Ron Freeman became the sheriff and then appointed the to appointed Shelton as the deputy coroner. So they're just all fucking butt buddies. It's a big old yeah. boys yep. club. Yeah. Um, Chris Shelton also works for operation 21, a business owned by law enforcement and military veteran, Brian, uh, Brian DeBloy. So they own, um, so they own this operation 21 that is meant to educate uh, like offenders on the law to help reduce recidivism rates. But I bet I bet. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Brian's wife, Anna served as treasurer uh, on Freeman's 2016 campaign. And according to social media posts, the DeBlo De- De- I don't know how to say it. it's D E B L O I S. Uh, so like Dubois, but with an L. Dubois, yeah, or Dubois, yeah. They're also friends with some of the people who were at the party where Tamla died, including Stacy and Tom Smith. They've been seen with the um, Dubois's boating out to dinner. So everyone's just fucking in cahoots. Um, everybody, yeah, this is all just to say that everybody's in cahoots and everybody's probably waving their fucking Blue Lives Matter flag everywhere. Um, and advocates for reopening the investigation, which we'll hear about, have questioned, obviously, whether the relationships are a big fucking conflict of interest. Right. Yeah. So um, the county attorney... Ken Ger- Gerard told um, for the Rolling Stone article, um, he was interviewed and said that Shelton did not work on the Horsford case and that FCSO public information officer Stacy Miller offered an unequivocal denial that any personal connections would have influenced the way the case was handled. Yep. Um, so, you know, they're just covering their asses. Um. And they, you know, they maintain that um, they investigate everything without bias and that the coroner's office is an independent agency that's not affiliated with the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all horseshit. Yeah. I just, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> okay. So after kind of fading from the public eye, Tamla's death became like a renewed topic once the black lives matter protests and uh, movement really heightened after the death of George Floyd. Um, so on June 5th, 2020, Ralph Fernandez, the Horsford family attorney wrote a letter to Leander Horsford, Tamla's husband, claiming that his team's investigation um, into the details of the case suggested homicide. It said, quote, witness statements are in conflict. A potential subject handled the body as well as the evidence prior to law enforcement arriving. Evidence was disposed of and no inquiry followed. The scene was not preserved. He also stated that Tamla's injuries were, quote, consistent with those of a physical struggle, that the absence of photos from the initial autopsy prevented a definite conclusion. Um, and he is interviewed, that Fernandez is interviewed in the Murder Squad episode, and he pulls no punches. He's like, this was fucking botched. Um, he's like, I never got, he was never given, even though he requested the photos of the original autopsy, which makes his job a lot harder because all he can go by is like speculation. Right. Um, and basically descriptions of what her body and the scene looked like. But he was never given photos. Um, 
they are just, they're like not working with him to try to have, you know, a proper, um, a proper investigation. And the second investigation, they just concluded the same thing. And the, the second investigation was still done by GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, who fucked it up the first time. Right. So, uh, Tamla's name and case spread across the internet, um, starting with protesters in Cumming, Georgia, who were including her name um, on the, along the names of Black Americans killed by police. Um, and then there was a change.org petition calling for the case to be reopened. And it got um, f- more than 586,000 signatures. And rappers T.I. and 50 Cent also um, shared posts about the case and demanded a second investigation. So on July 28th, 2021, Forsyth County District Attorney Penny Penn, and I'm not fucking making that up, Penny Penn. Seriously? Yeah. Said I in don't... A... <laughs> okay. She said in a statement, there was no evidence that anyone else was responsible for Mrs. Horsford's death or that foul play was in any way involved. The facts overwhelmingly indicated that she died as a result of a tragic accident. Therefore, that concludes this office's involvement in the matter. Therefore, that concludes that you're a fucking bitch. Yep. Um, So, let's talk about some theories and my personal opinion. Um, So, some have questioned whether the injuries to Tamla's hands and arms could be defensive wounds. Um, which is what that lawyer that's working with the family, um, he believes. Yeah. And that could suggest that perhaps an altercation before either going over the balcony or being positioned in the backyard. Okay. So, in fact, the incident report shows that the initial theory was that Horsford experienced a fall not from the deck, but from the ground due to landscaping edging that matched scrapes on Horsford's shins. So originally they didn't even pose that she fell from the balcony. Um, and according to that same report, the the reason the balcony fall theory even came about was um, from the associate medical examiner with the GBI. Um, after the medical examiner explained that the injury suffered could not have been caused by a ground level fall. Then the associate was just like, oh, maybe it was a balcony fall. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and then just, so what, what they're doing is they're making, they're making their, their theory, they're making the the scene and the evidence fit their theory, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. They're, They're not, they're not, they're not coming up with a theory. They're just coming up with a way to make theirs right. Right. Okay. They're not. They're not trying to get the answer. They're just. They're just trying to close. They're trying it. to make it. Yeah, and fit their narrative. It, yeah. So. Um. The, so the scene was never secured, and at least one witness, Jose Barrera, um, told the investigators that he touched the body, saying that he moved Horsford's leg while trying to figure out if she was still alive. Um. The last time I checked, a pulse or a breath isn't coming out of her fucking leg. Uh, yeah. Jose, and this is what gets me too. Jose said in an interview that he found and moved an unlit cigarette and lighter on the deck before he saw the body. And this is so, oh, this pisses me off. In the Murder Squad episode, Billy Jensen um, said that Jose said that he has, quote, OCD and had to move and had to clean up the cigarette. Oh my God. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no one's buying that shit. Mm Mm-mm. Um, but because the police believe that the death was an accident, there is like no evidence was ever fingerprinted, no DNA was taken. Um, we don't even know if that unlit cigarette and lighter were even out on the porch at all, um, or if he is just trying to make that seem like that's the reason she was out there, you know, by saying, "Oh, yeah, there was an unlit cigarette out there. I moved it." Yeah. Um. And and though Jose stated on the original 911 call that there were security cameras pointed at the backyard, the batteries were found to be dead and the cameras not recording. Of course. Of course. How fucking convenient. Yep. During the autopsy. Yeah. 
I'm just like, obviously the police didn't give a fuck. So they didn't look into it. But like, truthfully, I wonder if like, he's just saying that because like, maybe he tried to delete the footage. And if it's in the cloud or it's anywhere else, like you can't delete that shit. You know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. This whole thing is just a cover up. That's all it is. It's yeah. So during the autopsy, this pissed me off too. There was no um, rape kit done. No fingernail clippings were collected to examine if she had anything under her fingers that could have uh, suggested defensive wounds. Okay. Um, The GBI public affairs director, Nellie Miles, um, explained in an interview that those steps aren't routine and weren't taken because there was no indication of foul play. Okay. And another weird thing is that I guess where she allegedly fell it was it did not the positioning did not make sense with where she would have fallen off a balcony she was kind of like over more or like you know like she wasn't where she would have fallen didn't make sense with where she was okay um the um the gbi also didn't test the contents of the bottle of tequila um they explain that this is not standard policy to test for illicit substances when the possible, um, when the, the person's deceased. <laughs> so, um, then suspicions were further raised in February of 2019 <laughs> when Jose Barrera, the pretrial officer and boyfriend of Jean was fired after he used his position to illegally access the incident report and name record for Jean. Oh my God. Yep. Via the database. This came to light as part of an ongoing conflict between, um, they call some sources call him the Forsyth 12 and and Tamla's close friend, Michelle Graves. Later that month, seven of the individuals um, there that night, including Jean and Jose, sued Michelle Graves for defamation, posting, pointing to Facebook posts accusing them of being responsible for Tamla's death. The lawsuit was dismissed, but they have appealed, but uh, Jean and Jose were then dropped from the suit after the appeal. So it's just like, okay, okay, all right, Jose. If, you, if you're so innocent and you were just, you were just a, like a witness then why do you need the report? What the, like, why are you doing this if you're so innocent? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, you're just covering your tracks. So let me, let me say this, this last part real quick. And yes. then I'm going to definitely get into what I think and then yeah. and what you think. So according to the justice for tam.org site and some there, are, I don't know, this is all alleged, but some people say, including that website that, Tam at one point in the night wanted to leave. Um, that something made her feel uneasy, but they, but the people um, there pressure her to stay. Where did they get that from, though? I don't know the answer to that. Um, they do. They don't mention it in the multiple police reports gathered that night. Um, but it's been alleged that someone took her keys and phone from her. Okay. So I don't know where they got that unless someone unless one of the people there talked. Um, but that is mentioned in a few sources. Take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, there is a new, because the, the GBI did the reinvestigation and like, why the fuck would you have an entity do a reinvestigation that fucked up the first one? Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, there's now a petition on change.org for the FBI to take over the case. It needs a million signatures and it's at over 700,000. So what do you think? I have a question. Mm-hmm. How well did she know these people? Like, so, were they all close friends? Like what? So no, I, most of the sources point to that. These were relatively like newer friends. Um, so not terribly well, but I guess well enough to be at a sleepover. Okay. But like, but like Jose in the, in the 911 call, because the, the dispatcher asked if they, if she had been known to be suicidal, um, cause suicide was thrown out as a possible cause of death. Um, mm-hmm. 
And Jose said, I've only met her one other time. And there ha- there were a lot of reports of that, that, um, that for some of the party goers, like they really didn't know her much or had maybe seen her at a football game here and there. But um, okay. my, my assumption is that maybe like she was probably close to Jean, okay. but that she did not know some of these people real well. Yeah. So I, it is weird to me that the, the, the EMS didn't show up at all from the initial call. So like, I want to, and I also want to say that in Georgia, it could be different. They should, they, maybe they have to require that it could be different in every state. I don't know the rules on that. For one, when they called 911. Why did the dispatcher not immediately just send an ambulance? Well, I think they did. And from a couple of the sources. Oh, right. And they called them away. They called them away. The police canceled it. Because, yeah, she did send one. Okay. What? What? The thing I'm not getting is the Xanax and the alcohol. I don't like that mix. I'm not going to lie. Like, that does raise a lot of questions for me. So it's not like she could... Do you, unless she somehow got injected with Xanax, like, do we know if she had a Xanax prescription? And if she had that much alcohol in her system and had taken Xanax, that really could have caused her to be super fucked up. I'm not saying that that's what caused her death, but it could have caused her to be super fucked up. I think she um, was drugged. Okay. Okay. That's what I think. That's why I was wondering, like, if she had, if, like, there's any evidence of if she had a prescription for Xanax or did she have reported anxiety? You know what I mean? Like, there's all of that as well. I think it's foul play entirely. Don't get me wrong. But there are still elements that make me question, you know? And it's weird because it's weird because not even all the sources mention the Xanax. Okay. But a lot do. Um, I, I think, I think that my theory is that I think it was used to subdue her. Um, there was an interesting, I I think this is purely, this is purely speculation taking into the facts that I have. I think that there, because for me, it's like, why were there men there that weren't supposed to be? It was supposed to be a girl's night. Okay. Um. I think that there was a sexual advance made. I think it was, I think it could have been Jose and or Jean. And I think there was some kind of advance and she was like, nah. And then it escalated. And I think that the Xanax was used as like a roofie type of thing. And then she was like trying to fight back and then was either was either like thrown over the balcony but or just placed there she was probably placed there honestly i just don't see the only thing i can think of is if she was kind of i mean throwing up that would be difficult but the only thing I can see is that, like, to make it look as if she had fallen by, yeah. by like, trying to throw her body off of kind of a significant height. I, I don't think, I don't think she was thrown, truthfully, because she was also in a weird position. Mm-hmm. I, I'm talking about, like, maybe, I mean, because her neck was broken, but, like, she was placed where they found her, for sure. And I just don't. Maybe, maybe there was a sexual advance. I don't, the whole thing, nothing makes fucking sense. It true, nothing lines up here. it doesn't. And they have botched this case so badly. And beyond that, I'm going to say, you know, they have purposefully fucked this case up, you know, in a lot of regards so that it couldn't be traced. There, objectively, there has got to be something because jose was fucking fired from his job for accessing the report right so why isn't that enough for just like a little bit of fucking more investigation into him because mm, everybody's friends in this all yeah. white fucking town yeah um yeah it's 
it's extremely, extremely fishy, and it makes me really mad, and I do hope that the FBI can take it over, because the, what what her husband, Leander, said in one of the sources was, like, if it was an accident, fine, but, like, it needs to make sense. Yes, like, don't, if something happened, like, yeah. And not all, and not all murder is premeditated murder. No, no. And I do really wonder, like, would this outcome have been different if no men were there? Like, I I feel in my gut like there was a sexual advance. I really do. And then it was covered up. Where, so I realized it was supposed to be a girl's night. Did he live in that house as well? Um, I, I think so. Because, like, I mean, plans do change and the guys were in a different part of the house, right? I'm not for the whole time. Okay. Because I'm just saying, like, the fact that guys were there, that doesn't come off as, like, a, I don't know, to me, it's not a really big red flag. It could be, like you said, that they were there and, you know, that advance was made. But I don't think that was, like, a premeditated thing that the guys were there. No, I don't don't think so either. But it's very odd to me that... It just seems very convenient that, like, Tamla was the last person awake. Oh, yeah. Like, Like, that's not me trying to explain anything away. It's just me trying to say, like, you know, it's not, it's not, to me, it's not super fishy that there were men there. Like, shit happens, plans change. And, like, if they had originally intended to be separate the whole night, you know what I mean? Like, okay. But obviously something changed and they weren't separate all night and the men Mm -hmm. started to interact with everybody. Do you get what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to say. Like, that's not an immediate red flag to me that like the guys. No, I don't think that in itself is an immediate red uh, red flag, but I do think that I just, I just have a feeling that there was something sexual, like some kind of advance was made and, and it went south. But that's just me. I don't know. It's all really fucked up and doesn't make sense. And there was clearly something fishy because why did motherfucker get fired from his job for accessing the report? That makes no sense. Well, he got fired from his job for accessing a report that he was a witness to. So like... Well, and it was also... I think that it was also... um, he Yes, he illegally accessed that report. It's not just something he had access to. Right. Like, that's why he got fired. But like, he got he's an idiot and was trying to tamper with evidence or make sure that his name and Jean's name weren't fucking in there, you know, saying anything. Right. Because at what the um, what the attorney working with the family now said in the murder squad episode is at best, you're facing civil, a civil lawsuit, and at worst, you're facing criminal. So right. that's why I'm saying, like, there, he was looking for something, and why? If he's innocent, why are you looking? Yeah, yeah, shouldn't they're not innocent. Just be, shouldn't your story just be enough? Yeah, no. If, if it was true, yeah. And, and like, not. the bribing with gift cards, what the fuck? And the questioning three weeks later with no apparent, like, with no apparent means to keep the each person separated like it doesn't make any sense yeah that doesn't make any sense at all nope it doesn't and like the fact that there were no fingernail clippings like nothing was tested um like there you should be treating this if there's a fishy death that you're not sure how it happened and there were other people around treat it as a fucking homicide but again they were treating it to fit the narrative exactly. that they wanted it to fit. So, right. you know. Like, treat it as a goddamn homicide. Not saying that not saying that you're going to, like, charge anyone without knowing the facts, but, like, do, do adequate testing. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, I just, ugh. I was just Googling pictures because, like, you know, I do that occasionally. And the, I guess there was, there's a, I mean, I found photos of, like, the crime scene and, like, body photos and it's fucked up but there's one where like the bone is sticking out of her skin on her wrist and that's not in the autopsy report i guess it says that she had a dislocated uh, wrist yeah this is fucking broken (laughs) Uh, is that what it said let me see 
Damn, where is it? This is actually from a friend that posted these photos. I guess a friend yeah, of Pamela. Yeah, dislocation of right wrist. This says, please examine the compound fracture on the underside of Tammy's wrist, which Jose Barrera says in the 911 call is a suicidal cut. The bastard had the audacity to accuse my friend of suicide, which tells me two things. One, you know exactly what happened. And two, so did the police. It was quite clear this is a compound fracture. Police knew they were lying from the from the beginning. What the fuck? It's so it's so fucked up, and it makes me really, really mad. Yeah, it's it's really it is really weird. Like in this, I just like to see if I can find photos and anything else. But this is apparently a friend of hers that is like trying to get justice. And it might be like at a, Michelle. It, I think it was. I the, the post it, was Michelle. The post was from Michelle. Yeah, and that's the one. <laughs> that's the one that they were trying to sue for uh, defamation. Yeah. Yeah, she she went off. Like she posted these like crime scene photos and like holy shit. Mhm. Oh, and the racist photos of the fucking assholes with those dolls. <laughs> Great. Wow. This I can't whole wait case for you so to fucked. It is. I can't wait for you to see the Dunkin Donuts mask. Like yeah. I, it's just like I'm sure it's y'all are going to burn. Yep. Yeah. So sign that petition. Um, if you, well, post, I'll post it in the sources, yeah. but it's the change.org petition uh, to get a million signatures so that they can, um, so that the FBI might take it over, which would be way better because the GBI sucks a bag of dicks. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Hi. Hi. Anything I'm for angry. padded room, darling. Me too. Just me being fucking angry. <laughs> I, it's just, it's just not a, like clearly something is fucked up, and I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But okay. it's like you're not even trying. You're not even trying. Yeah. yeah, not an attempt was not even made. Nope. Um, I want you to know that I just stumbled across another podcast that covered this case. Oh, which one? Um, it's called THC Truly High Crime. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I wonder and if they're the, truly high. Yeah, the logos are holding like their little uh art for the podcast. They're both holding bongs. Nice. Good for them. <laughs> it's super cute. Like that looks adorable. I'm gonna have to look into the podcast. Uh so there's an accidental uh podcast shout out. I don't know if it's I'm sure it's great. I don't know. Um yeah, I don't I, I can talk about the show I've been binging. Go for it. I started watching Midnight Mass. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Uh, it's like, you know how there was like the haunting of Hill House and the haunting mm-hmm. of Bly Manor? It's the same guy. Oh, okay. How is it? Really fucking good. I watched it in like a day. Is it scary? Um, yes. But no. But yes. So okay. like for, I don't know, for like the average person, probably. I just, you know. Um, but it's really great. Uh the you just have to watch it you have to watch it and then we can talk about it on the show okay but um just just do it just watch it it's good i really want to watch the steve martin show um only only murderers in the building i think oh it's so good it's so good is is it you've watched it okay yeah so joey started watching it when he was at work and he came home and put it on and was like you gotta watch this show and i'm like why you've already seen it and he keeps sneaking episodes without me oh little shit sorry Oof. yeah um, no it's okay um, yeah i really want to watch that because it's it, very yeah. good yeah that's on my list i did finish nine perfect strangers did you say you were watching that i forget no 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 okay is it, it was worth weird. it um y- yeah it's trippy and weird okay um right. it's on hulu yeah oh and i did i listened to that that shit you should care about um instagram they have this podcast called the culture vulture and they do this deep dive into the white lotus and like how fucking like uh it's just how white privilegey and gross it is yep and it was really good 
Like, you might, I don't know. It didn't make me like the show. It did, I, I feel like I, I had a good understanding in the show because I fucking hated every character almost. Yeah. Um, But it was very illuminating, cer- certain things. So I don't know. It was good. It was, it's a definitely a good one, a good one to listen to after you okay. watch that. Yeah. Well, watch they're from uh, New Zealand, so they have fun accents. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, watch Midnight Mass so that the next time we record and aren't, you know, because we're double recording today, uh, we can discuss it. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do the social medias. All right. Facebook is Chardonnay and sign DNA. Uh, Instagram is Chardonnay and DNA. Fuck Twitter. Uh, the website is chardonnayanddna.com. Uh, Gmail is chardonnayanddna at gmail.com. Please send us stories. Um, we have a Patreon. Buy t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And sign this petition and fuck the GBI. <laughs> position oh did i say position you started to and then you corrected yourself but it is a position on a petition take a position on this petition yeah okay all right bye bye Can't get no goddamn peace and quiet in this house.